You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Good morning, everybody. If I've not had the honor of meeting you, my name is Dave Brock. I'm the executive ministries pastor here. And uh, before we jump in to... Uh, moving forward in our sermon series of Vintage Christmas, I just want to share with you guys, uh, if you've been here for the last two weeks, you've heard Pastor Dave Martin talk about groups that are coming up in January. And I want to let you know that our groups are now open and available for you guys to sign up and join. You can check them out at groups.calvaryirwin.com, or you can actually check it out on the Church Center app. If you don't have the app for your phone, it's on Android and iOS, and you can get it at app.calvaryirwin.com. And there's now, if you've noticed, a new groups tab there. There. And right there, you can sign up for all the different groups. And for the next three weeks, I'm going to share with you something new that's happening with uh, a group that we're calling our Catalyst Groups, which will be taking place on Wednesday nights. And the Catalyst Groups are taking place over three semesters, winter, spring, and fall. And each one will take place for eight weeks. And then we have three classes. So for you as a church, we can participate in each of these groups throughout all of 2020. And 2020's theme is focusing on our faith journey. So one of the groups that's taking place is called Sharing Faith. And some of you guys might be like, I know exactly what I'm going to do, how to share my faith, how to live it out for people to understand. But other times, like, I have no idea how to tell others what I believe. But sometimes we have the idea, but we can be scared because I'm afraid of the questions I'm going to be asked. I'm afraid of not knowing what to say. And I don't want to look like a moron, so I'm just not going to say anything. So when they ask me a question, I don't have to. And then I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to look dumb. And in sharing faith, we're going to be starting off that course by having you guys submit questions that you want to know the answers to because you know somebody's going to ask you this when you tell them who Jesus is. And you're not sure how to best answer that question. Because sometimes when we come in knowing what we're going to say and knowing who Jesus is, it really transforms the way that we can share Christ throughout the entire year and everything. And that's just one of our courses that we're going to be having together in our Catalyst groups that are starting on January 8th. We would love to have you join us for all of these courses throughout 2020. But Christmas is here, right? And Christmas is known as a season of, what would you call it? A season of joy? Season of happiness? Sometimes it's a season of sorrow? But whatever you call it, Christmas, as we saw in that video, can be chaotic. Sometimes it might actually feel like somebody pulls those little lights right outside of your Christmas tree. Or maybe somebody really is tangling your Christmas lights. I know I've definitely been with that. It's like, I'll just buy a new box. It's nice and easy every year instead. But Christmas, in the midst of the chaos, also provides moments of peace. See, for me growing up, um, I have a younger sister. She's 22 months younger than me. So we were nice and close. My parents were excited that my sister and I were close. So we could be friends. I'm hearing laughter. You know what that means, right? They're so close in age, they'll be perfect together. But as soon as my sister learned that she can crawl, uh, our, our thing called sibling rivalry kind of picked up. See, for me, if you know me, I like order and structure and everything has its place and it needs to be just proper. My sister liked to see what I had in front of me, scuttle over there and knock my blocks off. 
or move my cars or whatever I had my hands on, she had to mess with. And it continued to escalate throughout the years. As we got older and we got stronger, the battles between each other got a little more hectic, a little more worse, and so did the punishments after it, right? It's all justified. I remember one time, I don't know what I said, it was just, this was middle school me, and uh, I just remember turning around and I see a remote flying, a remote control flying at my head. Maybe the remote hit me and that's why I don't remember what I said, but regardless, some of you guys who have kids or have siblings know the rivalry that can happen between a brother and sister. And there were definitely days where my parents begged us, please, just behave. We're going out in public today. Don't embarrass me. Some of you guys might have had that conversation with your kids before you dropped them off to kids' church or to youth group this morning. And just, please, just don't embarrass me today. Just behave. Act like you like your brother or sister. We've all been there. But there was a few times of the year where my parents didn't really have to have a conversation. There was almost an unwritten expectation for us to get along, but it was also a little easier for us to get along. And for my sister and I, that time was Christmas. It was the holiday season. It usually started with that Thanksgiving season, and the threat of being naughty or nice definitely helped a little bit. And then Christmas came. And throughout that entire season, we were seeing friends, we were seeing family, and there were presents, right? That's what I would call the trifecta of distraction to help the kids behave. Because, oh, look, there's so many people here, I'm distracted, I forgot that I have a sister. And it made things a lot easier for my parents. And oh, I, that doesn't mean my sister and I didn't get in trouble on these holidays, but I like to think we got in a little bit less and maybe didn't completely ruin the holidays as we did some other days growing up. And see, Christmas provided a peace in the Brock household that only Christ could provide. Some of you guys are praying right now that Christ provides that peace in your household too with your kids right now. But the truth is, Christmas provides a peace because it connects us to something so much more than the moment. It connects us in a new way because Christmas laid the foundation for us to be united with Christ and each other now and forever. So this morning we're going to be talking about how Christmas connects us. How Christmas connects us to Christ and how Christmas connects us to each other. Because Jesus was born for us to unite us. If there's one thing that I want you to remember today is that Jesus was born for us to unite us. And sometimes that seems easy. It's like, yeah, it's a, a joyful day. It's a joyful season. It's easy to be on the same page. But then just as easy as it is, this season can be so chaotic that it's really easy to not be united, to be divided. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. And it says, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. God is with us. Now, let me change your perspective of this for just a moment. See, a lot of times we look at this right here, and at first we go right to Emmanuel, God is with us. 
But there's another miracle in this scripture that is a little overlooked sometimes. And God had to be with Mary and specifically Joseph during this time for him to not hurt Mary, for him to not blow up in this situation. See, marriage worked a little differently 2,000 years ago in the Hebrew culture. So they had arranged marriages where there was contracts and terms drawn between the two sets of parents. And once those terms were agreed upon, the husband and wife were now considered married. But even then, it doesn't look like what it does today. See, the husband and the wife still had to live separately with their parents for an additional year. Can you guys imagine your wedding day and saying, all right, bye, I'll see you in a year. Like, that would be awful. That would be awful. Well, that's what they did. That was the cultural norm. And there was a reason for this year. This one-year period was a period for both the husband and the wife to prove faithfulness to each other and purity within their marriage. Because if the wife was found to be with child during this time period, the marriage was annulled. This was to prove not just to the husband, but to both families, the agreement of the contract of marriage. Now, Joseph, he could have made a big stink about this. Maybe you know someone that's been in a situation like this, where you can so easily blow up a situation, right? And if Joseph did that, Mary had the right under legal Mosaic law to be stoned to death because of her breaking of that covenant. Because in Joseph's eyes, he saw his wife, who he has not yet known as a married man, was with child, and it was certainly not his. That's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? Thinking, how in the world does this work out? But Joseph continued to have patience. I don't know if I could have patience in that moment, and maybe you're in this room saying, there's no way on earth I would have had patience in that moment. Joseph decided that instead of making a big deal about it, he was just going to step back and quietly divorce her and see their marriage to be annulled. He didn't want her dead, but he certainly didn't want her as his wife anymore. And could anybody really blame him? Child wasn't his. And Mary's like, no, 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 this is of God. And he's like, sure it is. But Joseph, in a dream, as you guys may be aware if you're familiar with the Christmas story, that an angel visited Joseph and said to him, Joseph, do not fear, for the child that Mary is bearing is of God, of the Holy Spirit, and he is to be the Messiah, and he will be called Emmanuel to fulfill what the prophet Isaiah said so many years ago. And what the prophet said in Isaiah 7, 14, was therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel, which is God is with us. And Joseph was of that line because that promise was made to King David and his descendants. And Joseph was part of that lineage. Joseph was part of the promise of the Davidic law of that hierarchy of that family line. And the angel wasn't just saying, don't worry, this is of God. This is of God and it's fulfilling the promise he made so many years 
ago. See, God was showing to the people of David and his family, and he's saying to us that God has mercy in store for you. God has not forsaken you. And this birth of the child will signify that because God is with you. And this Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us, really reigns true because Jesus was born for us to unite us. Emmanuel, God is with us. God incarnate, embodying the flesh, born as a child, at peace with us, bringing us into a covenant, a communion with him. Jesus was connecting to us through Christmas. See, Jesus was born for us to unite us to himself. First and foremost, that gift is to us to know Christ. And if we can't know Christ and we can't be connected to Christ, it certainly impedes our ability to connect with others. And it changes the way that we connect with others. And this began to fulfill a prophecy in the book of Ezekiel. See, Ezekiel, if you've ever read the book of Ezekiel, it's a lot of doom and gloom and prophecy. It's an Old Testament, basically, version of Revelation. It's going in and it's talking about what's to come with the fulfillment of the prophecy of the Messiah coming to save those who are lost. And there were the 12 tribes of Israel. They are divided between Israel and Judah. And they were at odds with each other. And they continued to bicker. And they had different thoughts, different beliefs. And they were not on the same page. But Ezekiel was claiming that one day through the Messiah, the tribes of Israel will be united not just with each other, but with him. Ezekiel 48, 35, the last verse of this book, says the perimeter of this city will be six miles, and the name of the city from that day on will be the Lord is there. And this is the name of God that we hear throughout the Old Testament. This name is Yahweh Shammah. The Lord is there. There. Other translations have it as the Lord is here. Emmanuel, God is with us, gave birth to the fulfillment of the prophecy of Yahweh Shammah, given in Ezekiel, that the Lord is here. The Lord is there. Not just 2,000 years ago, but today, tomorrow, and forever. And one of the last times, actually the last time in the Bible that we see Yahweh Shammah mentioned is in Revelation 21. Thinking, how in the world do we get to Revelation, the end of the world, when we're talking about Christmas? But Christmas fulfilled this prophecy from Ezekiel. And we will see this come to fruition with the unification of the tribes of Israel. In Revelation 21.3, it says, Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. Jesus was born for us to unite us with himself, and we can hold on to that promise, the conclusion of Emmanuel, God is with us 
to Yahweh Shammah, the Lord is here. Because Jesus was born to walk and dwell among us. And we cannot connect with each other until we learn to connect with the source of joy and hope this Christmas season because we have it not just for now, but for all eternity. Christ connects us to himself. And it is through Christmas that we can celebrate that plan for God to continue to allow us to be united as a people free from sin. Because as we step into that, we are promised that gift from God. And the best way to capture this is how it's in Hebrews chapter 11, 8 through 10. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of a promise, living in tents as they did Isaac and Jacob co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Because when we come to connect with Christ and be unified with him, we come to be unified with each other. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, hi, neighbor. See, Christ came to not just connect us to him, but to connect us to each other through him. Christmas laid that foundation for us to connect with each other as Christ came to connect with you and to me. And here's where Jesus really rocked the boat. In Romans 10, Jesus told the Jewish people that, hey, this promise, my promise, is not just for the people of Israel, but it is for the Gentiles too. If you don't know what a Gentile is, a Gentile is a person that was not initially part of that promise from God of the Israelites. Somebody who's not part of that lineage, not part of that family. And I praise God for that because I don't have Jewish heritage in my blood. Yet I get to receive the inheritance that Christ has promised his people and to us as well because I get to walk in under the Prince of Prince and the King of Kings. And this is what held true to continue to fulfill the prophecy in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 47, 22 says, You will allot this land as an inheritance for yourselves and for the aliens residing among you, who have fathered children among you. You will treat them like native-born Israelites. Along with you, they will be allotted an inheritance among the tribes of Israel. See, Israel, to fulfill this prophecy, is not just saying, oh yeah, we're all unified. The tribes had to move physically to see that unity come to fruition. There's 12 tribes of Israel, and the, the tribes of Judah were to the south and the tribes of Israel to the north. And to signify this unification, if you go back and read Ezekiel, you'll see that the tribes of Judah moved to the north these tribes had to physically move to take a step towards unity under God. And isn't that true in our lives? Sometimes we pray for peace, but we're not willing to work towards peace. We're not willing to step towards peace because I expect God to move the peace into this moment and I should just dwell in it. But I don't have to do anything to see that peace in my life. 
Because if only six out of the 12 tribes decided that they were going to move towards unity, there would be no unity, would there? If I decided to stop fighting with my sister, but my sister didn't, is there peace? No. Is there unity? And unity is not just when people clash, but it's choosing to come together as a community, as a church, as a family. Because Jesus was born to unite us. And the Jewish people had to learn this firsthand. And there were many of them, if you read the Bible, that were not happy that this promise of God was opened up to more than just the Israelites. And if God can unite a nation that is divided, don't you think God can bring unity into your connections in your life as well? Don't you think God wants to see you connected with him and to see you connected with others in a way that only Christ can bring about? Jesus was born for us, to unite us to himself and to others. And Christmas connects us in so many different ways. So let's talk about today. Let's talk about this Christmas season. What would it look like for us for me, to reach out in our community the way Christ would this Christmas, to lend a hand regardless of what people believe, regardless of what they do and say and how they live, and to tangibly show them that love of Christ. Some of you guys do an incredible job with that. Others, I want to invite you to step into that journey. You know, as Calvary, we try to provide opportunities to that, but we know there's so much more than just those few ways, such as Toys for Tots, which if you're looking for something to do this Wednesday, that is an incredible way to reach out into our community in unity. Community and unity rhyme. I recognize that. But what does that look like for us to reach out into our community? Because this unity isn't just for us as a body of believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, but this unity is for all. Because Jesus didn't just come for me. He didn't come just for you but he came for each person who calls on the name of the Lord. And Christ wants to connect us to each other through him this Christmas. See, Jesus was born for us to unite us with our community. Look around at this community. Maybe you know a lot of people here. Maybe this is your first time. But there's a community here of people that continue to support and believe in each other, but also outside of these walls. We live in such a community of such diversity. But there are people here that continue to need to know Christ, to know the hope that so many of us have found. Because Christ was born to connect us to others, to connect us to him. What about in our homes, our marriages, our families? So this is a, a challenging one, especially at this time of year, because we don't want these things to be seen. And we can get caught up in so many things of battles, because right when we go out in public, everything's got to look right. But as soon as we're behind closed doors, the strife and the, the conflict come out. And our marriages are supposed to reflect Christ, Right? We're supposed to love our spouse as Jesus loves us. And that means Jesus loves me when I'm at my worst, so I should love my spouse when they're at their worst. 
That's hard sometimes, isn't it? Because sometimes we don't feel love because love isn't a feeling, love is an action. And when we connect it to our spouse the way that Christ is connected to us, we continue to change the way that we connect our families to Christ and we connect others to Christ. How do we connect to each other and to Christ in our homes? Because Jesus was born for us to unite us in our relationships. You see, Christ didn't promise that following him was easy. Many of us have experienced this, where things go unexpected. Sometimes we come to know Jesus and think everything's going to be changed forever, and everything's going to be nice and easy and smooth sailing from here on out. But that's not the truth. And many of us have hit really rough times. Some would even say rock bottom. But see, Jesus was born for us to unite us in our time of need. That's why I love things that we do, like support Toys for Tots. Because there's a need in our community. And as a church, we can help meet that need of supplying toys, of continuing to pray over these toys, but also bag these toys and prepare them for the families so they can experience a Christmas that we might remember from so many years ago or the Christmases that we're trying to celebrate this year. Because I truly believe that every connection God has given us is there to exemplify Christ. And it's up to me to make sure Christ is exemplified in every connection I have with each person. Does that mean my friendships with everybody look the same? No. But it means that I'm going to love each person the way Christ loves me. And that's going to look the same. There's going to be no preferential treatment to my neighbor that's grumpy. My neighbors are nice, by the way. To each person that we're having conflict with, See, because Christ was born for us to unite us. What would it look like to build this unity up even more in our church? I'm going to brag on some of the women and the moms here in this room. Uh, for some of you, there, uh, you stepped up and really helped out one of another fellow moms who's in the hospital right now, and she's having a really challenging time. And I've been seeing this happen over Facebook over the last several weeks of going and visiting in the hospital and supporting her and bringing gifts and loving on her. And for many of you guys who've been in the hospital, you've experienced that community from so many people here in our community, in our church, because Jesus was born for us to unite us as a church. And if we can't love each other, if we can't be connected to each other the way that Christ seeks to be connected to us, then we're missing the point of Christmas. Because Jesus was born for us to unite us. I'm going to invite the worship band on up. And as they come on up, I want to ask you guys a few questions. This Christmas, maybe, maybe you feel well connected to your neighbors, those that you're around. Maybe you feel connected to Christ stronger than you've ever been. But maybe you're on the other side of that. Maybe you feel like I'm connected well with this person, but not this person. But I promise you, if God wants to bring restoration to a nation, and through Christ's birth fulfilling a prophecy hundreds of years ago in Isaiah and Ezekiel, how much more does God want to see these things come true in your life and the unity and the peace that only comes through Christ take place in your life? In your homes, 
in your marriages, in your connections at work, as a church, as a body. Wherever we go, Christmas connects us to each other as Christ connects to us. Maybe you're struggling with that this morning. Maybe there's somebody you have bitterness towards that you don't want to be connected with. I've been there. But I promise you that if we can love those that we don't want to be connected with the way that Christ connects with us, the way that we connect with Christ will be transformed. Because then we will understand his love in a whole new way. Because I'm undeserving of Christ's love. And if he can love me, I can love someone who's undeserving. Just like Christ. Would you bow your heads with me? In just a moment, I'm going to ask a very important question. And this is truly the most important question anybody can ask you in your entire life and this Christmas season. You might be in this room and you might be saying, Pastor Dave, I'm connected with others. Maybe I'm not. But one thing's for certain. I am not connected with Christ. I'm not connected with him the way I should be. I've been coming to church for a while, but I've not really chosen to follow him. I've not really chosen to stay connected to Christ. But this Christmas, I am choosing to be connected to Jesus, to be united with him today and tomorrow and forever. If that's you, if nobody looking around, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Dave, today I want to be connected to Christ like I've never been before. I'm going to ask everybody to repeat this prayer with me. And this is nothing crazy, nothing magical, but this is a prayer to say, God, allow me to walk a life connected with you. So would you repeat after me and say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, thank you for being born for me as Emmanuel, that you are with me me. Help me to be connected to you as my Lord and Savior. I trust you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, being connected to each other is so much more than just saying hi in the foyer over a cup of coffee but it's loving each other the way Christ loves us. And I want to challenge you with this. Go out this week and get connected with somebody you either haven't been connected with in a long time or somebody that you know needs the connection that you have with Christ. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing for you this Christmas season that we can be challenged to connect with others as Christ connects with us.
But Heavenly Father, I lift up each person here, each person listening online or on the podcast, that we can continue to keep you at the front of our mind this Christmas season, that we can stay connected to you and that we can connect with others the way that you want us to, that we can honor you in each of our connections, in each of our friendships, in each of our moments to follow you, that you allow us to see you in all that we do, in all that we say, and in how we love others this Christmas season. Be with us as we go home and prepare to celebrate your birth until we come back next time. In your name we pray, amen. I want to thank you all so much for joining us today at Calvary. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 